everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Speak Plainly with your host, Owl Medicine, where we speak plainly about things that matter. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking to you about an unspoken shift that happens as we all age. I got a phone call from a friend recently who has a toolbox every bit as big as mine. And when I say toolbox, I mean that proverbial toolbox that we have with our, all of our skills and all of our habits and all of the things that we've learned to help us through tough times. That toolbox for this person is full. It's great. It's huge. Um, but they called me because they were having a really hard time and they just couldn't solve it. And that's what I wanted to talk about today because this podcast, as well as many others, are full of suggestions and insights and just good pieces of information to help us navigate the world and try to solve our problems with. And my friend called because she wasn't able to solve her problem and she was having a real hard time with it. And that's not a not a good feeling at all. So before I get into what I said to her and how she responded, I want to lay some groundwork. The groundwork for part of what was happening is there was a judgment that she had on herself for not being able to solve the problem. She is by default a problem solver. She's a marvelous, magical healer and a wonderful friend in person. And she helps people constantly solve their own issues. And we as a culture have a thing about solving problems. And I think a lot of it traces back to like one, solving problems feels good. But our modern schools with our standardized testing is all about solving problems. We are presented with these problems that have definite solutions and we are meant to figure out what the solution is and prove that it is correct. If we are incorrect in our assumption of what the end result is, then our worth gets challenged. You know, it's not that we are told that, oh, we got that number wrong. It's like, oh, no, you're wrong. Not that one. Wrong. Not that one. Wrong. And essentially, it boils down to it makes us feel wrong because we get graded on whether or not we get things right. And then your worth as a person, you're an A student or you're a B student or you're a C student or you're a D student or you're a dropout. And each one of those tiers means something about you. They mean something about your character, whether we want it to or not, whether it actually does or not. Sociologically, it means something that does place a value on you. So getting a grade based on getting a problem right works to a degree when you're a kid because when you're when you're young and you're small you understand a lot less about the world and how it all works and how the universe never goes all your way i mean it seems to as a kid because you don't see much but the universe really goes a little bit your way a little bit my way a little bit that guy's way a little bit that lady's way a little bit this day's way 
And it's supposed to go that way because otherwise we're all kind of screwed, you know, because otherwise it's going to go all one guy's way and then we're going to be screwed. So it really makes sense that it goes a little bit this person's way, a little bit that person's way. And that's just the reality of life. But we get screwed over from the beginning because of the way our schools teach information. We get presented with this concept that every problem has a solution. And when you're young and you understand very little about the world, you understand that your problems do have solutions and you need to come up with them. And certainly there are a lot of problems in the world that do have solutions, but there are more that don't. As we grow, we go from kids who understand very simple things and we think mostly about ourselves, our own problems and how to solve them. But when we get old enough to start contemplating other people's problems and how our problems are, are intertwined with their problems, we begin to understand that the universe going a little bit one person's way and a little bit the other person's way is the natural course. And then we start to understand that these problems that we were solving, we may solve a problem for ourselves, but it will inevitably cause a problem somewhere else. And when that is the reality, you no longer have a problem that has a solution. You now have a paradox that needs management. That's the message of today. We're no longer kids. We have a world that is extremely complicated. And the powers that exist that move and shape the world the most all have competing interests. And they're so large, the interests of those companies and people do not match the interests of the average everyday poor, which is everyone else. So we don't have problems that have solutions. We have paradoxes that need management. And management in most cases is a thankless and incredibly difficult job because you have many, 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 many paradoxes that you have to manage simultaneously. And if you're not good at it or your subordinates expect solutions to their issues, you're going to have a rough time. It's your job as a manager to communicate the reality that everything is a compromise what you working for a company, the company has goals and the company has requirements that don't always jive with the goals and the requirements and best practices for the employees. And it's the manager who has to convey both of these, both upward to the company itself to say, hey, I know that you have this that you want to do, but don't forget that there are also like employees that have other issues that they need help with. And your policies can be damaging or harmful to them and their desires and what happens in life can be damaging to the company and the manager's job is to find a way to have a little bit of middle ground that keeps the company from going under and keeps the employee like gainfully employed and appropriately compensated which i know is a joke nowadays but that's the goal right so like as we grow and develop we learn more about the world and our place in it and 
once you really start to grasp that, you can start doing better as a manager. But unfortunately, management is a thankless job. It is a terrible, thankless job because nobody gets what they want. And really, being a manager is being an adult. (laughs) I don't mean that you have to be a manager to be an adult, but I do mean that becoming a manager and doing that for any length of time prepares you pretty well for being an adult because the reality is, as adults, we don't have problems with solutions. We have paradoxes that need management. The really unfortunate part about that is managing a paradox is not fun. There's no resolution. When you solve a problem, you get a boost of dopamine. You get that little hit. You get your little celebration of, yay, I did it. I solved it. Hooray. There's no win-win as a manager. If you're a parent, it's the same thing. One kid's poking the other or teasing the other or like there's it's never a win-win it's very rarely anyway a win-win because either either you're screwed over or one of the kids is screwed over or the other kid is screwed over somebody's mad about something and that doesn't feel good so we're left with this unresolved sense inside of ourselves and that weighs on us after a while and right now in the world in January of 2022 COVID is still going strong. COVID's had a couple of babies. Now those babies have had babies. And they are running rampant. We are all scared and worried. We're uptight. The things that we used to rely on for our coping, we can no longer rely on. Our social bonds are stressed. The people that we used to rely on are more stressed, so it's harder for them to help us in the same way that they used to. It's harder for us to help our friends in the same way that we used to. Everybody has a huge weight on their shoulders. So the bottom line of what I told my friend and this, the overall message of what I want to get across today is sometimes it sucks. Sometimes everything sucks. All of it. And you just have to sit with that. I know it's really uncomfortable. But you really do. The people who listen to this type of podcast and my friends are we're very we're very solution oriented people. We've typically had a few more than a few problems in our lives and as good human beings we try to solve problems. And thanks to our training from our school, if we can't solve our problems, we think there's something wrong with us that we've failed. But sometimes We wake up and we have a bad day. We have two bad days in a row. We have three, four, five bad days in a row. We feel like crying. We feel like screaming. We feel like punching and choking everyone around us. And we don't know why. We want to fix it because we don't want to feel that way. We don't want to be mean to people. We don't want to be short-tempered. We don't want to be grouchy. We don't want to be reclusive. But sometimes you got to be. 
But sometimes you got to be. Sometimes you have to be aware that you can't solve problems. Not all of them. Sometimes you have to just deal with the suck. And that doesn't mean that you failed because you couldn't solve the problem. It doesn't mean that you failed because you didn't know what the problem was. It doesn't mean that you failed because you had a bad day and you're on and you're on recovery. It doesn't mean that you like lost a sense of yourself. It just means that you had a bad day. What makes me feel even better about this is the the ancient Egyptians, the Egyptians and the Mayans as well as many other like ancient civilizations all had multiple calendars. They had a secular calendar and they had a holy calendar. And at least the Egyptians and the Mayans, their holy calendar and a few other places, but those two definitely their holy calendar was 360 days. Whereas the regular calendar is 365 and some change. So what happened to those five days? And honestly, this is what happened to those five days. Like, I, I don't know. I didn't live then. I'm not an ancient Egyptian or an ancient Mayan, nor do I have prophetic abilities. Would it be prophetic? No, prophetic is toward the future. I was like, I wonder if there's a if there's a a uh, if there's a preface for that word that would allow for that to be post like post haste. Anyway. I'm not a prophet. I wasn't then. I wasn't alive then. I can't tell you exactly why they did what they did. But I do know that those five days were just gone. They were eliminated from the calendar. And their holy calendars were often based off of, astro off of astronomy and astrology. And for me, these five days, they're, they're duvet days. Duvet days was a concept that was brought to me by this really awesome lady who wrote the book on um, Chinese facial reading. And she talked about how she needs these duvet days every once in a while, like especially after flying or doing really strenuous activities where she has a day where she just lays in bed under the duvet. And that's all she does. She gets her her super fancy little jar of mustard to put on her little charcuterie board or whatever, you know, not much calories or whatever. But the whole point is that you rest and relax and you recognize that there is something good. And for me, holy in that. Those five days are missing from the calendar because it's a holy calendar. And I think those five days I consider holy days because especially in the Western American world, in a capitalist world where productivity and output is king, resting, recovering, and those down days are more important than they've ever been because they just happened to our ancestors they don't just happen to us. We got to figure it out on our own. So those duvet days to me are holy. These days where you can't figure out what's going wrong. You can't figure out why you can't solve it. You feel like crap. You want to cry. You want to sleep. 
do it. This podcast so far is full of tips and tricks and suggestions to help you when things get rough. It will continue to do that. That is one of my personal goals. It's one of my favorite things to help people with that because I have had some really, really awful times, days, months, weeks, experiences, years, whatever. And I've I've collected a, a good number of tools and coping mechanisms to help me through these things. But there always, always, always will be days where it sucks. And that's okay. It's more than okay. It's holy. So when you have those days, that day where you just, you can't hack it, it's too hard to drag yourself out of bed. You know, some days we feel that way and we can manage, we can pull ourselves out. And on those days, hell yeah, go you, good work. But I just wanted today's episode to be a little reminder that there will come days where you can't. Maybe even about five of them a year. <laughs> and that's fine. Don't judge yourself. You're not a failure because you had bad days. And you're definitely not a failure because you couldn't solve your bad day. Especially out on the West Coast, there's a toxic positivity culture. And that's not me. I am painfully realistic. I am an optimist who is painfully realistic. Because, frankly, I find it hard to operate under other assumptions. So... Try not to judge yourself too much. Try to relax into that. When you're having a bad day, lean into it. If you really can't pull yourself out of it, lean into it and recognize that that day is holy. And I guarantee you, if you really can't drag yourself out of bed and you go, you know what? This is a holy day. I'm recovering. This is my refractory period. For those of you who don't know what a refractory period is, it's a period after, ex after exertion in which the energy is built back up to prepare us for the next level of exertion. Your heartbeat has it, you know, when you there's, you know, when you're watching an EKG machine, they got that little boop boop looking thing, that big spike at the top. That's that's your heart contracting. And that well, that's the electric measure of your heart contracting. And then when it that line shoots down below the horizontal line, that's your refractory period. That's when the charge and your heart is recharging. That way it can pump again in a little bit. We stay so busy, working hard, living life, doing stuff. 
that it's easy to ignore refractory periods, but you will wind up with problems if you ignore those refractory periods. If you recognize the importance, and I'll say again, the holiness of those down days, of your refractory periods, you can lean into that, you can do absolutely nothing, and the next day, you'll be awesome. If you fight against it, it might last two, three, four, five days. And you know, some down days are more than a day, but not too much more. So I'm just asking that you don't judge yourself too hard. Okay, life gets tough. All of the, all of the best advice and suggestions and neurology and biochemistry information all fails. And that's good. We need those down days, those refractory periods. All right? So love yourself. Love yourself enough to let yourself have bad days and not judge yourself for it. Thank you for hanging out with me. Thank you for listening. And seriously, don't judge yourself too much. You're going to have bad days. Shit, write them down in the calendar so you can look back and see if maybe you have five of those duvet days in a year. I'm Al. Be kind to yourself. And remember, stay blessed and stay uncomfortable.